G'day and welcome to the 17X podcast series. My name is Mick Hayes. Thanks for tuning in. I have the absolute pleasure of chatting with entrepreneurs, visionaries, and absolute change makers on how they're using their business as a force for good in the world. We align these conversations with the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, the UN's global goals for the 2030 agenda that we simply must achieve. And it's my firm belief that our business community is our best shot at success. If you're inspired by these conversations, you'll absolutely love our 17X speaking events that tour Australian cities. Jump over to our website, 17sdg.com, that's 17 the word, to find out when our events are coming to a city near you. But for now, sit back and enjoy the show, and don't forget to subscribe where you are listening to stay up to date with our future episodes. Welcome to the show, Tom. Good to have you here, man. Thanks so much for having me, Mick. It's a pleasure to be here. So um, excited to hear about Impact Boom and what you guys are up to uh, up there in Brizzy and around the around the space. Uh, but before we get into that, I always like to find out a little bit about our guest origin stories and find out kind of where you've been and what brought you through to where you are now and kind of being an impacty kind of change maker. Uh, so can you give us your origin story, like two or three minutes uh, origin Absolutely. story? I would love to. So, yeah, as you mentioned, Mick, I'm calling from Turrbal in Niagara country up at Mianjin or Brisbane. And um, I do call Brisbane home. But, you know, pre-COVID days, definitely saw a little bit more travel around Australia and, and globally. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's sort of, you know, like everybody else in the world, that, that's been put on hold a little bit recently. But, yeah. um, look, I think my, my origin, Mick, really started in, in design and studying industrial design, product design, you know, finding a love in, in travel and traveling the world and then ending up basically living in Barcelona for, for 10 odd years. And, um, and it was over there that, yeah, I studied a master's in product design. I began work at Hewlett Packard designing the big large format printers and thought, wow, this is great until ethics and morals, you know, were tapping <laughs> on my shoulder and, and I thought this is not so great, but you know, wow. using human-centered design and design strategy was just such. It seemed like such a great opportunity to be able to apply that methodology to tackle some of our deep sort of social and environmental issues. Mm. And so, after a year there, it was like, you know, we've got to apply this to something more interesting than than printers. You know, <laughs> the, you know, the people at the people I was working with were great people, highly professional. And you know, and good people, um, but I just felt that 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 corporate that corporate um, position and you know putting my skills to that sort of use just didn't quite suit. So that's pretty much where the journey began. You know, we set up a a, de- a design consultancy in Barcelona, and we were originally doing a lot of lighting and and accessories and and furniture for the European market. But it was all very much focused on you know sustainable upcycles um waste streams and and you know high-end long-lasting pass it down generation sort of design yeah great but it just wasn't enough again you know it's like how do we keep taking this to the next level what's the next step to sort of just get really comfortable with with where you are and, and what the sort of impact you're creating in the world you know and then when you sort of go hang on these lights are selling at 800 bucks a pop you know, these aren't accessible lights. It's just, you know, um, design a wank for the, for the, yeah. you know, for the design fairs. And, um, and that's where the next step came, you know? So look, ultimately it meant that at the time the word social enterprise or impact led design, or 
you know, impact-led business, it was, it wasn't really used. It was sort of sustainable business. And um, that's where we basically just began helping others to sort of set, set up interesting projects and, and began a bunch of projects in Europe. And then about eight years or so moved back to Australia and, and have been doing that since. So at, at the moment we're really, really focused just on the work we're doing at Impact Boom. And that's really about just helping people like take those amazing ideas and, and use them to, to tackle those deep rooted social environmental problems and, and create a better world basically. So here we are. And it's what drives me. It's what helps me get up every day. That's so cool. That's such a great story. Oh, um, you know, I I uh, I love the lessons that we can take from from traveling the world. You know, and and seeing Australia is obviously an amazing place to grow up and live. And you know, we're very blessed and and fortunate to be born here. Um, but obviously, we're very detached from the rest of the world. So. Yeah. Uh, I just love getting out and seeing, you know, Barcelona, what an amazing city, one of my favourite cities to uh, spend some time in. And uh, uh, is it La Ramblas? La Ramblas? That's right. That's the, uh, uh, that, the main uh, drag, main tourist drag. The main drag with all the street performers and whatnot going on. Um, but uh, um, the food, yeah. the culture, the language, oh. the, the weather, the, you know, yeah. the proximity to many other great cities. Um, yeah. I'm sure the listeners who have been there have, have felt the energy that is that is Barcelona. And while, while we're on that, um, just to I guess jump straight into it is what's the what was the vibe over there in Europe compared to Australia with this whole social enterprise impact? Are they ahead of us or were they behind us? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. Um, at that time, I think they certainly felt ahead of the curve when it came to the startup innovation ecosystem sort of approach. Um, and there was definitely work being done, like I said earlier, probably more so from that sustainable design, sustainable business, yep. typically more of a CSR type approach, um, mm-hmm. probably skimming the surface a little bit and not doing it so deeply uh, yep. at, that, at that stage. But but what really drew me, I think, to the city at the time was that there was a highly innovative startup, get shit done sort of culture and 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 certainly support uh, from, you know, the local government and innovation hub, et cetera. Um, and, you know, that was certainly, in at least from what I understood, ahead of what was happening over here in, in Australia at the time. Um, look, I think we've, we've certainly made a lot of progress over here and and I'm less familiar with where they're at um, particularly in Spain at the moment but they they do have a really strong cooperative movement like I don't know if you've heard of Mon Dragon but that's based up in the in the uh, in the Basque country northern Spain and mm. that's you know an amazing amazing world world leading co-op um, so they do have roots in 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 doing you know, doing business the right way. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, any of those countries can all teach us some great lessons in, in what we can sort of take on and then apply in that place-based sort of focus um, to, to our local communities. Yeah, sure. And, uh, okay, so Impact Boom. When did you start Impact Boom? Impact Boom. We were born on the 1st of January 2017. So, you know, four and a half years ago. And 1st of January, did you just wake up with a mad New Year's Eve hangover and go, right, Time to change the world. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been uh, no. Look, it, it was it was pre it was pre then. So it was probably around about September two thousand sixteen yeah. that 
interestingly about that time I, I was running a design consultancy called seven positive which merged with impact boom a couple of years ago now and yeah and you know i'd basically hit that point in my career where i just felt like i was plateauing you know like i felt like you know where where were the next steps how could i keep taking my learning to the next level you know what was it that was going to sort of just keep me pushing forward and felt like i've been really fortunate to work on a number of you know really fun projects that had pushed me in the past but didn't feel like i was sort of getting outside of my comfort zone as much anymore and so that's when i thought well you know what how about an mba you know like the good old, let's, you know, go into an MBA and maybe that'll sort of sort you out. And um, Answer a few questions in Texas. Answer a few questions, that's right. <laughs> but, you know, I, I went along to probably six or seven different information nights, you know, in person, online, and just none of them were resonating. They yeah. were all, they were, they, like, you know, what I've learned from my master's in Barcelona was that it was very much about the network and the people and, yeah, you know, you can learn some great things. But, they, it just, none of them had, I think, the right sort of purpose or right why at the base of what they were doing in, in their MBA. So it was still very much corporate focused, um, strong, strong focus on the economics without any consideration for, for anything else, it, it felt. And so the next thing I think, you know, was like going, hang on, as a reflection of my master's and then as a result, all the work that had happened since then had you know, predominantly come from word of mouth and people I'd met and just the network. And, and I thought, you know, instead of this MBA, wouldn't it be interesting just to literally sit down with someone you think is doing amazing work, commit to it for, for, you know, one chat a week for a year, invite them out for coffee, go and have a chat, rack their brains and just learn from them. And, um, and then it was like, well, hang on, if you're going to be talking to all these amazing people, well, why don't you just record it? And then, you know, you can share it with your students. Because I was doing some lecturing at QUT and, and Griffith at the time and sort of in and out of other universities as well. And, you know, well, there could be some good learnings there. And then it's like, well, hang on, why, why don't we just start a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then finally, you know, in 2015, I don't know if you remember when Turnbull was in government and the federal government had this big push towards, you know, innovation, mm. driving innovation and, you know, what can we do as a nation to really um, help people to, to create great ideas, to take good stuff out of the world, right? And, and I think the seed for me was really born, Mick, you know, probably around that 2015 mark when um, there was a federal government ad and it was on the billboards, it was on bus stands, it was on, you know, TVs. And it was a yellow ad, you might remember it, and it said, join the ideas boom. And I looked at it and my first reaction was just one of, I'm calling bullshit, you know. The ideas are so cheap, you know. I was seeing it in the universities students were just coming up with endless ideas all the time. I was seeing it in my, in the sort of capacity building work we were doing with a whole bunch of clients. You know, it's, it's not hard to come up with ideas. It's not hard to conceptualize, brainstorm, stick a whole bunch of beautiful, colorful post-its across a wall and take some nice photos and suddenly become, you know, expert design thinkers. Yeah. 
but it was just that moment that I said to myself, you know, Australia needs an impact boom, not a bloody ideas boom. You know, we actually need to take these ideas and actually do something with them, actually have the mindset, the, the skills, the, the capacity to, to persist with an idea, to be, you know, to, to, to run with it, to test it, to use a whole bunch of different approaches to basically just make it real and start creating that impact. You know, like we yep. don't have time to be fluffing about with more ideas. We've got to, be applying ourselves and so it was funny you know if you ever tried registering a, a domain name pretty much anything you want is taken yeah. right i don't know if you had with 17 eggs or you were just lucky <laughs> no i ended up with 17stg.com yeah see classic yeah classic move. so you know i put in impact boom into into one of the, the domain um registrations and it was it was free and I was like, well, there you go. There's That's sign. Bang. <laughs> That's the next gig right there. And so you had two signs. You had Turnbull's bullshit sign and then you had the domain name ready to roll. It was like, right, right. we're in. <laughs> Thank you, federal government. You just gave me my next idea. So maybe it did work. <laughs> yeah, nice one. Yeah, there you go. You joined the ideas <laughs> and you didn't even know it. They got me. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah look ultimately that's sort of been the journey you know and, and and from there it's just been amazing like we those conversations just have led to so much knowledge um i'm so grateful you know for these the sort of conversation we're having now typically i'm the one just asking a question shutting up and listening you know and it's, yeah. it's rare to be in, on this side of the the podcast but um just felt really privileged to see basically where that's taken our work, you know, and then sort of helped us deliver a, a whole sort of suite of, of things to help grow yep. the impact uh, movement globally. Now. It's so cool. Like your story. I, I mean, I can really resonate with it because as we were talking off air just beforehand, I was giving you the backstory on, on the 17X stuff. Yeah. Which is was, an amazing project. And, you, you know, know oh, thanks. Um, that, that all came because I wanted to do more public speaking. It was, it was, how can I fulfill on this thing that I want to learn and grow with and kind of achieve. And then, and then obviously it turned into something else about impacting others, which is great. Um, But your, your impact boom journey was very much around, all right, you wanted to continue your learning and update your knowledge and have that constant never ending improvement style. Um, And, and kind of obviously went looking for some of it. Like I went looking for speaking and then didn't find the right thing. And so, all right. So you just created your own learning space. Um, they're parallel stories, Mick. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's very similar. You went out there to create events and just make stuff happen and and better yourself, you know. And then and then the market responded; they wanted more. And and you know, in in that, I'm sure you 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 changed and learned and and adapted and and then were hit by COVID, right? But ultimately, still learning. Yeah, but ultimately, it's it's um it's similar, you know. There's the we both, I suppose, had that hunger to go. Well, what what next? You know, and and how do we just keep leveling up? What what would be your main? I guess there's there's no doubt a, a, a huge array of lessons that have come your way since starting Impact Boom. But in those early days, what do you think were the the main the main learning curves that you experienced that we could share? Because a lot of the people that listen to this podcast, we direct it to the really the small to medium enterprise, you know, startup mm. community of wanting to fulfill something rather than 
go go and buy it from somewhere else and just creating yourself like what what are some of those key lessons that you you experienced in the early days well i think if we're to draw it back to you know you creating 17x and and events and ultimately starting with one and and seeing what happened pulling together a crowd of 30 people you know moving to the next city growing it I think for me as well, it's one of the, one of the core lessons has been to just bloody start and don't be afraid to get the idea out there and start testing it in front of real people, you know, and a lot of people we work with come, I, I think have sort of grew up in more of that traditional business sense of let's lock the idea away and, and mm. write a 100, 200 page business plan and, and refine it and behind closed walls and be scared yeah. of shooting our IP and, yeah. um, and, and ultimately, yeah, scared to get an idea out there and scared to see what actually happens. But the business plan is perfect, right? Until it's launched and it fails. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, that, I think there's a lot to be learned from that lean approach, you know, yeah. build, measure, learn and, and combining that with, with, you know, very strong co-design, you know, designing with, not designing for. And I think when you, when you really, as a business owner, you know, or, or as someone trying to create that change, when you really have a deep understanding of the problem that you're trying to solve and you get out there with those different people and you design with them, you, you, you look at creating a solution to their problems with them and alongside them. Mm. And not only does that help create some sort of co-ownership, um, but I think it helps develop partnerships. It helps, um, it helps with awareness of what you're trying to build and it helps pull people onto your team. And, and ultimately it's, that's it. You know, you've just got to get out there with something and start testing it and not be afraid to do that because you just don't know where it's going to lead. Yeah. And, and when you do adapt, I think that's, that's where you can really start to um, just fly, run, run with what's working and, and scrap what isn't, you know, and, and keep moving forward. I'm so glad you talked about partnerships there and, and you know, co-design and collaboration. You know, how important were those in the early days or even now with Impact Boom? Hugely. You know, if you're setting something up, let's, let's go. I'm going to keep coming back to events because it's, it's familiar language probably, you know, for you and, and your audience. But, you know, if you were to suddenly say, look, we're hosting an event, and, you know, we're good at putting speakers on and marketing it and getting a crowd, great. But we're actually going to try a hand at, at catering the event as well because we're running the event, right? <laughs> but, you know, we're going to have to upskill and, and come up with some nice finger foods and, and whatever else and put it on. Like, it, it's just ridiculous. You just wouldn't. You'd get yeah. a catering. You know, it's just too hard. And I think there's, there's a lot of cases whereby people are just trying to do everything by themselves and they are just spreading themselves too thin in areas that they just quite simply are not good at or could yeah. just be so much more efficient at with the right partnership, um, particularly when they are values aligned and, and um, you know, and, and very much working towards that same, under the same sort of ethos or, or um, you know, long-term aim. So for us, it's, it's been hugely important to, to just grow authentic partnerships and and that just comes from i think being being true to who you are and being authentic and and basically just being um, consistent in what you deliver and how you deliver it 
and in the way that you deliver it so that ultimately you build trust, right? And yeah. the building of that trust over time, those, those partnerships um, are almost something you don't even really have to seek. They just, they just evolve and emerge as, you know, projects um, and, and contracts and things unfold. And you just naturally have a, an amazing group of people around you who are, who are trying to just create great things, you know, and, and, and keen to do it together. So yep. that's yeah, why I love it. getting you, Mick. Um, so I've got your website here. There's a lot going on at Impact Boom. You've got programs, podcasts, interviews, accelerators, bus trip. Did I see a bus tour on there somewhere? We've got tours, yep. <laughs> Tell okay. us, what, so what's the actual product that Impact Boom promotes? Like, what do you guys actually do? So anything we do, Mick, is is really aimed at helping grow this global business for good movement. And ultimately, you know, the way that we believe we can really help to create that better world is in, in a basically in, a, in an ecosystem-wide approach. Um, you know, we could, yes, we could just focus on the awareness piece, for example, with the, mm-hmm. with the blog and podcast and, and say, look, by, by delivering on that, we are helping grow a movement, build awareness, but also build capacity and, and create learnings for people who are, tight, you know, listening in and listening to the, to the insights of these great sort of global leaders. But that's only one piece, you know, I think if we want to affect real change, then ultimately, you know, we've got to help create that, that capacity. We've got to help build a community around it. Um, and that's sort of where the, the accelerator, incubator workshops come in. And then, you know, the events, how do we, how do we expose people to some of the great work happening on, on the ground? And, yep. and on it goes. Like ultimately that then goes into policy too, right? Because we want to be affecting policy. We want mm-hmm. to be influencing government we want to be again approaching it from an angle that really considers all the different multiple moving parts that form part of the system and um you know as in any complex complex system there's there's multiple moving parts and they typically influence and affect each other and and that's our approach right now it it may seem a little bit scattered but it's it is just really trying to to influence those core pieces to help accelerate the change that, that we want to see. Yeah, sure. So your your accelerator program, I've got here the Elevate uh, Plus program. Yep. Uh, comprehensive twenty week impact enterprise accelerator to help you develop a sustainable and scalable enterprise or community project that creates positive social impact. That's I think I want to sign up for this. Um, but uh, <laughs> is it just for startups, or is it for existing businesses, or yeah, so it's it's typically aimed at earlier stage impact led uh-huh. enterprises. However, we are very very focused, very deliberate about taking on a broad range of enterprises at different spectrums of the development sort of phase and cycle. Yep. Or um, and and we do that really from from having learned in the past that there's so many learnings that that happen when when the right cohort comes together to take the loneliness out of 
what is being an entrepreneur. Right? Yep. And, um, you know, what we've learned is that whilst we, we deliver these, you know, online digital learning modules and, you know, weekly workshops in person or online during COVID um, and, you know, exposure and, and, and one-on-one and group mentoring, on it goes. Like the core value for us, Mick, really is built in, in the community that these programs cre- really create and yeah. very intentionally. You know, we don't yeah. talk much about that, but, you know, you've heard the quotes about um, culture and strategy and breakfast and, you know, ultimately if you don't get the culture right in these programs, then that community of support and the sort of change and acceleration that the individuals really uh, create yep. and their potential is just, you can just amplify it. Yeah. We see the same thing in our crowds at the events. Is, and I've said this to a few guests when it's come up that um, whilst our speakers are undeniably amazing and, you know, for any listening, please please remember that, Uh the the gold of these events is really what happens in the crowd and the community absolutely um particularly after the event the speakers are done the crowd can get up we all have a beer or wine and start chatting and you know i guess it is a bit of networking even though i hate that word but it's i guess connecting i think is a better one and then and the crowd interact with each other and the speakers and i was literally kind of sneakily eavesdropping some of these conversations excuse me and um you can, I, could, I actually heard a few people talk about establishing partnerships there and then. You know, like you say, it's it's not necessarily the content in these programs, it's the culture and it's the community that create mm-hmm. this empowering, you know, village of change. Um, yeah. yeah. What do you think is happening with the evolution of business right now with, with, you know, shifting towards a more socially responsible model? Well, we've got no choice. And so... You know, what we are seeing, and at least in my eyes, what we're seeing is a whole lot of amazing things happening. You know, we, we've gone from, I'll start with the corporate sector, you know, CSR was sort of feels very, you know, 10, 15 years ago now, but yep. that sort of moved to shared value. More recently, it's becoming SG. And it's these gradual steps that are being taken to try and and again, come back to systematically tackling these issues um, beyond the surface. Mm. But when we look at business and and using business for good to create change, we've also got all these different movements going on, and they've they've been seeing huge growth. Nick, like for at least from our research and from what we're seeing, there is no doubt that social enterprise, impact-led business, purpose-led business, um, you know, profit for purpose, B Corp, whatever you want to call it is on the rise. Mm. Like it is going big. Our generations, our, our future current young generations expect it. It's, it's something that if you want to retain good people now, and the up and comers, it's just, it's got to be baked into your business model. Yeah. If you want to actually, you know, grow a strong community who are going to really believe and trust in what you deliver in helping to 
to tackle their problems, then, you know, it's, it's got to create some sort of good, I feel. But we are seeing challenges too, you know, that with, with all those different sort of languages that have been put around, uh, around this business for good movement, that also does create some silos and it, it, it creates sort of communities that are running in parallel. And sometimes, you know, if you identify with one of them, you know, it, it sometimes becomes an us versus them, you know, one's yep. better than the other, but, but ultimately, Hey, anyone trying to do this good stuff um, needs to be encouraged yeah, to make it mainstream. <laughs> like we don't need social enterprise, at least in my, my mind is and, and view is that, the term shouldn't even exist, Mick. Like it should just be business. Yeah. Why is business not just used for good? Why is it not like is it? I think that's when you look at at how business and trade started. You know that that's really where its roots um, were, and so we've really drastically shifted away from that, and and I think we we're coming back to it now. Mm. And what do you when you know? No doubt you see plenty of entrepreneurs come through your programs and your community um, when we're looking at these these SDGs you know the the UN sustainable development goals commonly referred to as the global goals this is probably one question I do ask most of my guests because I think the answer is quite prevalent is what do you say to these guys you know the smaller even the smaller businesses that are looking at some of these global problems and kind of stuck as to you know, I'm just a guy out the back of Tweet Heads. What what yeah. can I actually do with this stuff? You know, that's a global challenge. Mm. It's again taking the steps, mm. breaking it down. Perhaps it's creating a theory a theory of change, and um, and saying, you know, what is what a what is that longer term vision that I would like to see in the world? What is it that I'm passionate about? What is it that excites me? in the work that I do and then breaking it down and, and trying not to get overwhelmed with that, that bigger picture. No, like if we're to break down the steps in achieving and, you know, creating a theory of change typically really helps in developing this for, for the listeners and DIY toolkit has a great resource. Um, you know, if you, if your listeners Google that, but that really just helps break it down into the steps and actions that you need to take, you know, to, to start measuring some outputs and then for those outputs to lead to outcomes. Right. So I think it's important basically just to set some small goals and set them over time with specific deadlines, have someone hold you accountable work towards them, don't get overwhelmed by that really big picture that's like just, you know, how are we going to tackle homelessness or yep. you know, poverty or whatever else, they're big complex issues, right? So we, all we can do is really work in our local communities um, in a place-based way and, and, and do what we can to affect that change and, and ultimately start creating that change ourselves, you know, and living the way that we think is the way to be lived ourselves um, starts here, right? So it's easy to be overwhelmed with that bigger picture and the bigger sort of SDGs and, and, and sort of broader scope of those. But I think when you start to refine it down and, and put a plan around it with those, those, those sort of timeframes, it can really just help take away some of that overwhelm and, and just allow you to, to chip away at, at a bigger picture. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Um, and then fast forwarding, say, through a 12-month program with Impact Boom, um, what, do you, what are some of the key takeaways that people, people get from working with you guys? Oh, it's, um, I've just got to say, God, it's so rewarding to see and work with people who are on that journey and who are committed yep. to that journey. Because if you go on any of these programs, and even if you're not on a program, even if you're just trying to do it by yourself, you know, out of a home office in Tweed Heads or at a co-working space, you know, I said before, it's bloody lonely. So, you know, respect to anyone out there who's just, just doing, you know, on the grind, on the roller coaster that is being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, because it's great some days and, and the next day you, you hit a, hit a brick wall, you know, and, and you're scrambling to, to find a way around it. And I think that comes back to that sort of adaptive, flexible mindset that's so important in entrepreneurs. And so I think some of the bigger learnings, you know, there's some amazing outcomes that are coming out of some of these enterprises that we're working with, you know, where they go on to training and employing disadvantaged Australians or, mm-hmm. you know, raising some, some pretty serious capital to, to get some amazing products out there in the world. But, but I think the consistent thing I see in those that actually get on and do the work and create that impact is that they are passionate, they are driven, they are persistent, they don't give up and yeah. they know how to adapt, right? They don't get stuck in a rut. They mm-hmm. know how to, to, to find a way around a problem and they know how to ask for help and they have a great network and they surround themselves with, with support and, and community. So those are some of the very, very um, brief lessons. You know, the beauty of, of our work is, is that it does give us amazing exposure and, and connection with, with purpose-driven people, you know, and, and personally, I can't think of a better job. Yeah. Oh, I just as I was saying to you earlier, uh, offline was – I was looking through your your list of mentors, you know, the people that you're surrounding yourself with. There's some who's who of who's who in Australian kind of impact mm. business. Uh, yeah, it must be extremely rewarding. Is is you know, I do get the same feeling with 17X and having these conversations. You know, I generally get off a podcast going, oh wow, I learned so much there, and get buzzed from chatting to people. Yeah, you know, like yeah. you. So, um, thanks again for taking the time. Um, and uh, so what's, what, what kind of campaigns or what's Impact Boom working on at the moment for the future? You've got a, uh, you're doing something with the Social Enterprise World Forum? Correct, Mick, yes. So you may have seen the news last week and, and the exciting news is for the listeners out there who are based in Australia is mm-hmm. that last week and, you know, with June 2021 at the moment, we announced that the Social Enterprise World Forum is being hosted in Australia in in September 2022. Amazing. And it's just, it's an amazing project and opportunity. You know, this, this, that seed was born ultimately when, when we started Impact Boom, you know, it was, it was one of the ways that we observed at the time Uh, in New Zealand, Alex Hannant, who now co-directs the Unicenter at Griffith University was leading the bid um, or leading the, the New Zealand Social Enterprise World Forum mm-hmm. uh, there in 2017. And in the lead up there, Mick, I was just, I saw how, 
how that event, that global event was just creating this amazing change. It was a catalyst for the sector. It was, we were seeing government coming on board, you know, changing their policy. We were seeing impact uh, funds coming together. Uh, the corporates, um, you know, getting a way better understanding that, you know, connection community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all of that was happening before the actual event, right? And so at that, at that time, we saw this huge need in the Australian sector to have, you know, the problem was, it was like, what can we do? What is the catalyst that's going to create this change? What is it that's going to help us grow this movement? There were no state-based social enterprise networks around Australia at that time, except for the Queensland Social Enterprise Council, which is, you know, one of the pioneers in Australia. Yep. There wasn't and still isn't a national social enterprise strategy. Um, and there was a lot of work to be done in, in helping grow the movement. And the seed was, was put out there and then, you know, we, we led the bid and, and in that journey, we are just so grateful to all the amazing, you know, nationwide partners who've come on board and, and really just made it their own because they can see the benefit. And, and in, that, in that time now, having announced last week, the majority of the states now have state-based networks. So we've got QSEC, SENVIC, SACEC, SECNA, uh, Impact North, WASEC, you know, all of these have formed in that time, not just thanks to the bid, but, you know, a lot of work from, from local leaders. Mm-hmm. And we are now working on a, on a national strategy. So that's hugely exciting. It's something that, that would be great to see launched. But I've just got to give a shout out, you know, to all those amazing partners. And, you know, ultimately, um, White Box Enterprises have, have taken on uh, sort of being the official host of the Social Enterprise World Forum in Brisbane and, you know, huge respect to one of our amazing partners, Luke Terry and, and, and his team there. You know, Don Bird is now the general manager and just doing an amazing job. But it just, it wouldn't have been possible without, you know, people like Alex Hannan, uh, Belinda Morrissey um, and, a, and so many others um, to get us to where we are. And now, you know, we thank, we're really, really thankful. We've got Westpac Foundation, Torrens University, um, SAP, you know, they've all come on as, as platinum supporters and, and so many other great partners there who are really just going to use this amazing runway that we have now as that, yep. as that, that opportunity. So we want to see everybody there in September 22, <laughs> but, you know, in the lead up, this is where the real hard work begins and yep. this is where the opportunity lies for us to, to make this movement mainstreaming. That's so, so great. Um, so September 22, Brisbane, it's happening. Be it's there. Happening. <laughs> be there. There'll be some great events around the nation, but the main event will be held in Brisbane and, and surrounds and we are just so excited to see um, you know, the great work that can be done and, and, and done in a very inclusive and very, um, in a way that, that celebrates our diversity of the nation and, and our First Nations people as well. That's so great. Yeah, kind of segues into my last question for you before I let you go. Um, uh, you know, what's the future hold for Impact Boom? You know, what's the next five years look like for you guys? It's a great 
question, Mick. It's one that's very uh, present at the front of front of our mind at the moment, having sort of made that that announcement with with those partners last week, and you know that's kept us very occupied for the last five odd years. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know we've been growing organically, and so we you know we have programs around Australia now. Tronga Conservation Society down at Tronga Zoo run a program hatched with those guys, and they're amazing. Awesome. We want to be doing more of this. Like we we think there's a huge opportunity for us now to to help grow this movement, you know, and we're committed to to helping do that. So. We'll just keep on keeping on, you know, we'll keep on producing learning resources and getting them out there for free to, for people to access. We'll keep building more and more programs around the nation and, and you know, hopefully the world as, as things open up. And we'll find that, that next sort of, that next big opportunity, which is, you know, rooted in, well, what actually needs to be done? What, what, what isn't just a duplication, but where is there an existing and, and very strong need? for us to use like a mission-led approach in mm. in um, in creating what whatever needs to happen for us to create the change that we need to see so urgently. That's so great. Um, well, listen, mate, it's been really cool to chat with you, Tom. Uh, oh, likewise, mate. If people have heard your story and what you're up to with Impact Boom and are like, right, I need to get in touch with this guy. I need to be impacted in a very boom way. Um, mm. What's the best way to connect? Best way to connect, Mick, is just to jump on the website, which is impactboom.org. Have a look. You'll find a, you know, 275-odd podcast there and a whole bunch of resources. There is heaps of stuff on this website, guys. I've got it in front of me. There is heaps of stuff. There's so much value here. You can spend, spend weeks going through it. So get on there for sure. It would be a pleasure to connect if you're listening. You know, feel free to jump onto LinkedIn and, and, and share the work that you're doing with us. What, what are you doing in the world that is, that is looking to, to create the change that you want to see? We're really interested in that and would love to connect. That's so great. Well, look, I'll, um, I'll put those links in the notes to this episode below. So anyone listening that wants to follow those instructions there, just scroll down wherever you're listening. Um, but Tom, mate, it's been fascinating to hear your story. Um, you know, thank you for the impact that you're making in the world. Uh, I know Brisbane has a terrific startup purpose-led uh, business community up there, and I know that mm. some of our other cities around Australia are doing the same. Uh, I really look forward to seeing how the uh, the Social Enterprise World Forum comes along, and I will be there uh, in support and also be there with my, uh, my notepad ready to learn. Mm. Um, but uh, in the meantime, mate, uh, all the best with what you're doing, and, um, and thanks again for coming along to the podcast. Thanks so much, Mick. We really do appreciate it. And, you know, keep up the amazing work that you're doing with, with 17X. Can't wait to get to your next event once once these uh, COVID yes, are, you know, yep. all around us. Well, they, they are coming. Uh, later this year, we hope to be hitting Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, provided that, um, that uh, you know, the lockdown type stuff isn't happening. Maybe we'll have to do some community rural ones instead and get away from the cities uh but uh yeah no 17x is on the way back and we'll certainly have you guys there so i'm looking forward to seeing you there all righty thanks mate thanks Mick. well that's it for today's episode thanks again for tuning in my name is mick hayes be sure to jump onto our website 17sdg.com to stay up to date with our 17x speaking events that tour australian cities 
we'll be coming back to a city near you sometime in 2021. But for now, make sure you do subscribe wherever you are listening to stay up to date with our future podcast episodes. But for now, get out there, get inspired, get aligned with the global goals, become a part of the 2030 agenda and use your business as a force for good in the world.